Welcome to another edition of the YXE Sports Podcast for the week of May the 19th. We are recording this on Tuesday yep. because Monday was the Victoria Day long weekend holiday. And you uh, took part in your first socially distanced golf game on the long weekend? Yes. How did that go? Terrible. <laughs> I probably no. shot about 108 well, I, on no, three holes. No, listen, I know your game sucks. <laughs> that I know. What I want to know is, what was it like having to social distance, and what sort of protocol did you have to go through to golf? Well, the protocol wasn't all that different, to oh, be okay. quite honest. Oh, is that right? Really, yeah. I mean, it was uh, one cart per yep. household. Uh, really, the only or the biggest difference is when you putt or sink your ball into the hole, um, they have little almost pool noodles would be the best way to describe it, so okay. that you don't have to reach all the way down. So, you're, so with so, your putter, you yeah. can just, depending on the putter that you have, you can just lip your ball out. And you're not supposed to remove the uh, flag sticks either. Okay, about three weeks ago, I saw something in Regina where one of the courses had a thing, and it was actually attached to the flag stick, and it was a lever. And you lifted up the lever with your putter, and it lifted up the ball and out, and the thing went right down to the right down to the bottom of the cup. Yeah. But that's how you yeah that's how you got the ball. So out. this is yeah. similar idea, I'm sure, just with yeah. a, what looked like a pool noodle. Our, but either uh, way, it worked. Our uh, F1 uh, promoter here, Ian Roach, is giving us a hard time as we. Record this near yes. the river in the center of beautiful Saskatoon. Yeah, absolutely. Why do we allow course, that? I don't know. Why do we allow him? But the YXE Sports Par- Podcast, of course, is brought to you by Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. Uh, speaking of Wendell Clark, he used to play in the NHL, and there's a lot of NHL news to discuss, such as uh, they're gaining some traction in terms of when they potentially might start playing again and how that would look when that happens. Well, the border is closed until June the 21st. So we know that, and that might be extended, but as of now, as of our record date here, May 19th, that's what it is. And then Gary Bettman said something interesting, too, that it was 17% of the NHL players live in Europe now. And if you're going to follow protocol on both sides of the border, as soon as you cross a border, when the border opens, you still have to quarantine for 14 days. So the one thing that they are saying, though, about that is this would be essential travel because it's business travel. They yeah. wouldn't look at it as it's your a holiday. They wouldn't look at it as entertainment. They would look at it as that. And that might be enough to get the players into their home cities as some of the restrictions across North America get lifted, that it could be, it could be a thing. Gary Bettman really wants to give out a Stanley Cup. And you can't blame him. Well, you can't blame him because no, yeah. the TV money, he's <laughs> yeah. got he's got salaries to pay, including yep. his own, yep. and the television money would be something. It'll be strange not to see st- fans there, and I don't think there will be. But my question for you is, is 24 teams too many? Yeah, I like the traditional I know, do too. eight yeah. Western Conference, eight Eastern Conference, yeah. and I know in the recent years they've switched up the format in terms of the wild card and stuff like that, but it's still 16 eight teams, teams yeah. 16 teams, right? So yeah. uh, now obviously there's going to be some teams that are ticked uh, because – how would you do the 16-team thing? You'd have to break it down by point percentages or whatever that case may be. Yep. But that's a discussion that you and I don't have to have because we don't that's have to right. make that decision. <laughs> but I'm sure the league would work with the association on that. Yeah. So the players and the teams would have a say in it. Yeah. But you're right. There'd be some bitter players on teams that fell Which is just short. There's totally no, understandable. No, no doubt about that. But I, I'm with you. I think 24 would be a lot. And I don't know... I mean, in Western Canada, summers are so short. I'm thinking about, and we'll get into what we watched on the weekend of live events that have returned, but um, 
would you would you watch three games a day on television? Probably not three games a day. I might if watch Rogers, one. If, if Rogers Place hosted three games in one day, would you, would you watch that many? Probably not. I don't think I would. Either. On a rainy day, maybe. Yeah. But if it's a Saturday in the middle of July and yeah. it's plus 25 degrees outside, yeah. I can think of a lot of better things to be yeah. doing other than that. Yeah, and they were talking about maybe skeleton crews for television mm-hmm. and having as few people in the building as possible and trying to get some of that television revenue back that they're losing out on. That would be the big thing for for Gary Bedman. And, I mean, professional athletes, no matter what the format would be, I think the product would be good. I think they've got a sense of pride that this is the hand we're dealt. Let's go do it. Um, I can't see Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid easing up in a situation like that, but um, I, I – I, I think 24 teams is too many, yeah. uh, you know, especially if you're going to have a rink where if you're going to have two or four hub cities or whatever it is, I, I don't know, three games a day in one building might be a little much for television. Well, and the upkeep of that arena as well, if you're playing three NHL games yep. on, you know, that uh, that is a factor um, as well. So it'll be interesting. And then I saw something over the weekend just on Twitter about, uh, like, as an example, if you were to go to this 24-team tournament, yep. well, how would the draft lottery work, right, come June? Because... You know, there's a lot of people, uh, like Detroit Red Wings fans, as an example, right? There's a lot of people that think they're, or there's a lot of people whose thoughts are it should only be a seven-team draft lottery. Why would that be? Right, because 24 teams made the playoffs. Oh, the lottery. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was thinking draft. You're thinking lottery. Yeah. Yep, that's a that's an interesting discussion as well. I never I never thought of that. Yeah, Yeah. it's just I was cruising social media this weekend and. And thought so. I so I guess if you're an owner, that's what you try sell to your players is, hey, you might get a really good teammate down the road, even though we didn't make the playoffs. If you, yeah, you exactly. Know. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting those... to see how that's framed for yeah. sure. Yep. So it'll yep. be interesting. I'm producer Ian's probably going to get mad at me for moving this mic, but I'm just going to do that. Um, the MLB uh, has proposed drastic measures should their play return. As and you've well. been up on this. I haven't. I haven't followed this much, but this is something that you've been. Yeah. Watching so uh, very NHL esque uh, from what uh, I ranted about last week. Um, but uh, sho- oh, good, another rant. <laughs> but showers at the ballpark are discouraged. Uh, players possibly arriving in uniform, like uh, we would do in hockey or baseball or whatever. When you were, we were six years uh, old. Pee-wee, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no eating out on the road. So no team meals at restaurants, uh, stuff like that. Um, there's supposed to be another thing where, like, just the logistics of it yeah. don't make much sense because no. they want to limit the amount of people on buses and stuff like that. So they were they would have five or six bus trips from the ballpark to the hotel to transport players because you can only have X amount of players on a bus or a transportation vehicle. Like a shuttle. Time. Yeah. <laughs> so the logistics of it would yeah. be just uh, a nightmare. No high fives or fist bumps. No mascots. Uh, no bad boys or bad girls. Uh, and, again, just a terrible idea. So uh, <laughs> my opinion on that is why even bother if that's the, yeah. the case. Well, we I've told you why they bother. Yes. Money. Money. Yes. Right? But exactly. from a fan perspective. From a fan perspective. Well. And I can't imagine a lot of the players would be too happy about that either. Well, depending how drastic they go. Yeah. Do you want that or a paycheck? Yeah. Right. I mean, again, we are in a time like no other. Like like we've said in previous podcasts here, um, this happens once every hundred years. So I think you're, you know, you're, you're kind of in a situation where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But when it comes down to multi-million dollar athletes and multi-million dollar television deals, and quite honestly, uh, stadiums and arenas that have to be paid for you can bet they're going to see what they can do to get some of these games played and it's going to look a lot different in many cases um i don't know if you saw any highlights of the nascar 
race in Darlington on the weekend. But no, it was, I didn't, it was actually. weird. It was strange. Well, much like that UFC fight uh, last weekend, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Sort of situation. It was, it was weird. You could really hear the punches weird. being thrown, which was cool. Yeah. And it also hurt me. Yeah. And poor NASCAR. So they were trying to get their Xfinity race in Darlington today. And so all the fans have been starved for auto racing. They saw Kevin Harvick win on the weekend, but today's race got rained out (laughs) in Darlington. So that's tough. And then uh, there was the golf event. Rory McIlroy and uh, Dustin Johnson over Matthew Wolf and Ricky Fowler. And that looked weird, too. Yeah. Mike they Ter- were raising some money, though, were they? They were, the, and yeah. to their credit, and you know what? There's another event coming up this Sunday. Tiger Woods is involved, but that's a, the event with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Okay, yeah. Um, who is in that? Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning will go against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. So that'll be good. I think that'll garner some television viewership. But what's interesting about the event, that um, $5 million event this past weekend, Mike Tirico called it from his basement in Michigan. Wow, and the broadcasters were some two hundred yeah. yards away, or two hundred miles away, yeah. calling it off a monitor. And so they're really trying to stretch to get these events played, but really trying to enhance the social distancing and keep everybody safe. So it's it's such a balancing act right now. Well, you know what hasn't changed uh, because of the COVID nineteen pandemic? It's the great service at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, and right now they're offering daily specials starting at just $10 when you order curbside pickup, like their family combo feature, two Wendell burgers and four mini burgers, or six hand-breaded chicken tenders with fries for just 30 bucks. Stay safe and eat great with Wendell Clark's classic grill and bar on the corner of Circle at Idlewild. You bring up the thing about the announcers being um, 200 miles or X amount of miles away. Uh, I would think that once the NHL, MLB, maybe even the NFL in the fall, depending on which way this goes, probably a lot of the same doing it from their basement or the studio. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, it has been brought up before to save money where commentators call a game off a monitor. But Mm -hmm. I just don't – that'd be tough. I just don't think you see everything. One team is putting on pressure. Late in the game, a goaltender gets pulled. I'm not going to have any idea if I'm calling that off a monitor, right? Yeah. So I think the commentators have to be there. But it's um, what a recipe uh, for disaster! What a recipe for disaster it is. But it has been tried. Yeah. It has been tried in the past, and so uh, we'll see where that goes. Big story out of Tampa Bay today. Okay. Tom Brady brought oh, yes. together eight of his receivers, right? And in a high school field somewhere, brought together his crew to have a light, socially distanced workout. Yeah. So that has NFL fans fired up for sure. You and I talked last week about how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if and when this schedule goes, if it goes without interruption, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have never been on primetime television more than they're going to this year. Yeah, 100%. And and the season hasn't even started yet. (laughs) Oh, good for them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's a big story because I really think that the NFL is – you know, that shift down to that market, I don't think it'll be a bad thing for the National Football mm-hmm. League because, you know, in some parts of the southeast, when you got Jacksonville and Miami that hasn't been good for a lot of years, and I think Tom Brady down there is going to really stir up some interest in that area. I would have to agree with you. Uh, did you watch anything on TV this weekend? Anything good? Anything cool? You know, what did I watch on television? I'm not sure. Uh, today I was watching Game 3 of the Smythe Division Final between the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers from 1983 with the great Jim Robson, who was Jim Houston's mentor in broadcasting. Uh-huh. Jim Robson from Vancouver uh, calling that. And I 
want to say Gary Dornhofer might have been his his analyst for that, but I watched a little bit of that. But the Oilers in the day, they flew. I think the fly. I can't remember what the score was in this game. They wrapped it up. I can't remember if it was seven two or eight one. Or the Oilers just thumped the Flames on that night. And again, I go back to this. Uh, I still can't believe what wasn't called in those days. <laughs> Tim Hunter, the former Moose Jaw Warriors coach, absolutely tackled a guy in close range. So the puck's going to one end and the close camera cuts. He tackles, one, I think it might have been Randy Gregg, but he tackles one of the Edmonton Oilers. They go sliding into the end boards. Somebody comes by, picks up the puck, he goes the other way. Not even a call, nothing. So the game the game has certainly changed. So that's probably what I watched. I did watch... Um, the 1970 World Series with the Cincinnati Reds when they played it. And then in 1971, I think Cincinnati was in it again. And that was the two years that it went from black and white to color. From 70 uh-huh. black okay. and white, 71 yeah. color. So I watched a little bit of that. How about the uh, 65 World Series was on this past yeah, weekend as that was well? Good. Yeah, Who was at the mic? Vince Scully. Vince Scully, absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> Started play-by-play four years before the invention of the transistor radio. And did play-by-play till 2017. That's wild. That is unbelievable. You can't even be mad at that. <laughs> no, you can't even be mad at that. Uh, have you, and I, we were talking earlier because we like to have these pre-podcast meetings. Yeah, because uh, everybody can tell these are... Meetings are a loose term. Very, um, but anyways, well you, you, you haven't mentioned that you got around to watching uh, the Last Dance documentary with Michael I Jordan. I did not see any Netflix of the Last Dance. Yet. Well, the beauty part about on Netflix is that typically, I know you don't know how this works, but... Things, I have Netflix, just relax. Things stay there for a, yeah. an extended period of time. I've been watching the Tiger King. Yes, there you go. Anyway. Um, but anyways, um, this has got... You know, a lot of social media talking yep. about who else should get uh, a Michael Jordan-esque documentary. Oh, boy. Um, and, well, uh, I know that some have been done on him, and I just watched the movie with Will Smith not too long ago, but Muhammad Ali, Yeah. you know, just for everything he kind of stood for, and even you, even though you might not agree with his religious stance you do have to admire a guy that has that much conviction yeah um and he helped a lot of people along the way muhammad ali so uh and i'm sure there have been documentaries done on muhammad ali but most recent athletes uh like you said tom brady did you see the one response that you got on social media yes wendell clark <laughs> That's thanks to doyle for uh, putting that on the yxc sports podcast okay Facebook page. so the one thing about wendell clark when he went from the saskatoon blades he was actually a defenseman and then he goes up to the leafs and he plays forward and and it was scotty bowman that described wendell clark has the most dangerous six seconds in hockey it could be a fight and he mm. could turn a tide by just thrashing a heavyweight on the other team and suddenly the ice is tilted their way or he had those great big tree trunks for wrists yep. just massive and he could whistle a puck from the far goal line over the far glass like nothing when yep. he was in his teens. Uh, and so he, with that shot, he could change a game as well. So uh, that, that thought that Wendell should have one, and he was one of the guys, for whatever reason, um, that Harold Ballard, who didn't like a lot of the players or coaches or people around him at times, he always loved Wendell Clark. And, and that that that's a good thought there. Another uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, just because I had the uh, fortunate opportunity to meet him last year, uh, and it's really an interesting story, uh, and I grew up watching him as Curtis Joseph, the oh, yeah. goaltender. Yeah, right? you and I were lucky enough yep. to get to the VIP yep. area of the Kinsman Dinner last year. Yeah. yeah, and I know that he's got a couple of books out about his childhood and stuff like that, yeah. but yeah. Uh, a documentary on, on that would be super cool, and yep. uh, he was... Uh, he was quite uh, quite a nice man, so that was a thrill for me to be able to meet yeah. him and Wendell Clark and Doug Gilmore and Daryl Sittler and, 
and all those guys. Daryl Settler's such a nice man. Yeah. yeah. What about baseball? Who would be your, your baseball guy if you could watch a documentary? Ben Scully. Player. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know. Well, that's the, a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> there were some colorful guys uh, in the day, but, I mean, obviously there have been documentaries on Jackie Robinson. That would be one that I think would be. You know, if a if a modern documentary revisited what he did for Major League Baseball and uh, for African Americans, I think that would be great. Um, boy, that is a, that is a good one. A guy who has eased up a little bit in dealing with life would be Barry Bonds. Yeah, uh, I was not always a fan of the way Barry Bonds carried himself, but it would be interesting to sit down with him if he was calm, cool, and collected, and you could look Barry Bonds in the eye and say. What was your deal? Like, why did you not enjoy this more than you did? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be that would be an interesting one uh, for me. Um, yeah, and then uh, anybody affiliated with either the Chicago Cubs or the Boston Red Sox, and some documentaries have been done on this, but those teams breaking recent curses, you know. The, you know, the documentaries on those, some have been done, but I could watch a few more on those. Just some of the characters and some of the people that made those teams kind of end century-long droughts and, and win World Series. I would say somebody from the steroid era is like a Barry Bonds or like a Sammy Sosa or like a Mark McGuire would be somebody for me. Yeah. That I'd be interesting to just sit down and, yeah, like well, you said. When they all when they all started to face the music and things started to unravel, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, when they all had to appear before Congress. Yeah. Right? Okay, Jose Canseco, what was it like to kind of sit down before Congress? Uh, you were the one that admitted this. Um, what was it like to kind of face those people afterwards? So, For sure. Yeah. What, uh, I think that probably wraps up our uh, time for this week. It may know. wrap up our time for this week. You're the one that's... Uh <laughs> the one that's got the handy-dandy uh, ability to tell. There we go. Uh, right there, what we got going on. Yep. So. We're moving in on the 20-minute mark. Thanks to Wendell's again. Mm-hmm. Well, Clark's uh, Classic Grill and Bar, always yep. uh, fantastic food. And people, as always, so make sure you keep Gary and Byron busy. A big thanks to uh, our producer, Ian, for capturing this and yep. making sure that it gets renter- rendered and a whole bunch of fancy words that I don't understand. And Deb, uh, to make sure we're all doing it right. Yes. Yeah, that's, so that's good. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, that has been fantastic. You can let me know uh, your thoughts on the YXE Sports Podcast for this episode. It'll be up at yxesportspodcast.com and all your favorite streaming services. Learn how to golf, as eh? well. And I will. Hey, hey, I got a deal for you. <laughs> okay. You get a Facebook account. I'll learn how to golf. <laughs> I'll learn Facebook, and you learn how to pitch. There you go. So perfect. We'll reconvene (laughs) next week then. Keep up with one another's progress. So thanks again. Uh, Let us know what you think. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.